Next Sunday is the first Sunday of Lent, and we will begin a journey for several weeks leading up to Easter. Next Sunday is also Valentine's Day, a day on which love is celebrated. I am convinced that every human being longs to be loved and to love. It was the wonderful poet Robert Frost who observed, love is the desire, the, love is the irresistible desire to be irresistibly desired. <laughs> and is not our desire to be so completely loved even beyond our deserving? Two quick stories. To show his love for her, he swam the deepest river, crossed the widest desert, and climbed the highest mountain. She divorced him. He was never at home. <laughs> A young woman asked her fiancé, Do you love me? Madly, he said. Would you die for me? Well, um, uh, no, mine is an undying love. <laughs> With Valentine's Day coming, you've probably eaten those little heart-shaped candies that have the little phrases on them. You know, the pink, <laughs> yellow, green, purple little candies, you know. Be mine, I love you, kiss me, hug me. Recently, I saw some that said, email me, text me, and Twitter me. I guess the candy stores are trying to be contemporary. But in an age where people long to be loved, those expressions just don't cut it when we need the personal touch. Scotty, I'm going to have you stand up. Because when we need to be loved, there is nothing like a hug. <laughs> thank you. And thank you. And whether our relationships are loving or not, the one thing we never seem to get enough of is love. And the one thing we never seem to give enough of is love. I firmly believe that our need to be loved and our need to love are most deeply connected to our spiritual aspirations. That is, our urges toward the divine, toward God. Unfortunately, many people have gotten these deepest needs mixed up with their human relationships. The key is to, to honoring the gift of love is to discover how to live with both of these powerful energies. The love of God and human love. All within the proper perspective and focusing. You see... That's how our desires seem to go. Some are large and cosmic, 
and others are selfish and tiny. And gaining the proper positioning is what our faith can help us to do. Throughout these winter Sundays, we have been trying to get back to basics as we have struggled to discern the difference between needs and wants. And for those of you who have been journeying with us these past several weeks, you know that we are dealing with more than physical and material needs and wants, but also with the intermingling of spiritual needs into our lives as well. Because in a culture where more and more people are concerned primarily about what they want, we as a faith community need to be focusing more and more on our true needs and the needs of the world. So let's turn to our text from John's Gospel for just a moment for an opportunity for true focusing through Jesus, his example, and his speaking. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, he says. No greater love has anyone than this, than to lay down your life for another. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commandments so that you may love one another. Wow. There's a lot to unpack in those few verses of Scripture. The whole key here, though, is love. But it is not just worldly love. It is the love with which Jesus has loved us. And what kind of love is that? It's the kind that lays down his life for his friends, even though he didn't know us when he did it. You remember the fiancé who was asked if he would die for his lover, and his response was no, his was an undying love. Well, Jesus was a dying love, which turned out to be undying, resurrection, and eternal love. Jesus shared everything he knew about God and God's love through his words and actions. And then in verse 15, he said, I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. Jesus wasn't trying to keep a secret. As much as he possibly could, he was trying to reveal everything about God. He was trying to share a higher desire. Just as Jesus had borne fruit, he calls us to bear fruit. Notice he doesn't ask. We'd like it if he would just ask. But he doesn't ask. He doesn't say, when you feel like it, or when you get around to it, or would you mind bearing some fruit? No, he doesn't say those things. He says, I appointed you to go and bear fruit. A fruit that will last. And what is it that lasts? Love. Love. 
Love will be the final word of our life and of all life. Love cannot be measured in dollars. Love cannot be measured at all. Love can only be shared or withheld. Love is before time, in time, and beyond time. Love is at the core of creation and throughout all creation. The question is, can we sense and see a higher desire and tie into such an eternal continuum? The French priest and paleontologist Pierre Teilhard de Chardin framed it this way. Someday, after mastering the winds, the waves, the tides, and gravity, we shall harness for God the energies of love. And then, for the second time in the history of the world, we will have discovered fire. Love. As God's people, we need to learn how to get out of God's way so that God can do the great work of creation and salvation and love through us and with us. As we bear the fruit of love, we are simply the bearers and sharers. It is God who gives the growth and provides the true life energy of love. As Scripture says, one may plant, another may water, but it is God who gives the growth. As God's own, we are to share in this process of bearing fruit. You know, I think our church does a pretty good job of, of reaching out to others beyond the walls of this church. But it is an area we can continue to grow in, and that's my hope and prayer for the coming year, the coming years for the neighborhood church, is that we will continue to grow and find new ways to reach out beyond the walls of the church. And I'm very pleased to say that our Board of Christian Action, just on Friday, had an educational experience where they were trained in helping with the ministries of the Family Promise of the South Bay. It's, an, it's a mission that we're looking at very closely. And after they've done some actual volunteering uh, and have explored how this might be a fit for us as a congregation, they're hoping then to find ways for many of us who want to get involved with hands-on work uh, through this particular opportunity. So I'm very excited about it. There will be more to come, and uh, we'll be learning and listening about it in the coming weeks and months. But if individually and collectively we are not working and sharing regularly to help feed the hungry, clothe those who need it, and house those who need shelter, then we are more worried about feeding and clothing and taking care of ourselves than we are about others. None of us would let our own children ever go hungry. But did you ever stop to consider that every hungry person in the world is God's child? And don't you think it breaks God's heart in a world of plenty to know that so many of his children go to bed hungry every night? God has no hands in this world but ours. Christ is physically, Jesus is physically gone. His hands are never going to be here again to help in this ministry. But as Christ's body, we are called to be a part of that sharing. And God has given us an earth with plenty and has left it to people to distribute what's here. 
if God were going to take care of it all, then nobody would be hungry. I appointed you, said Jesus, to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. Any act done in godly love lasts. From the great love chapter in 1 Corinthians come these words. Love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in the wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Indeed, love never ends. And don't forget that Jesus said, The Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. That's the part we kind of forget, in my name. How many times have you prayed or heard a prayer end with something like, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Right? You've heard that countless times. They almost just kind of roll off our ears without giving up much thought. But to pray in Jesus' name is to only ask for what Jesus would ask. Not our own selfish desires, but for what Jesus would ask for. Many people think that this passage about asking God for anything gives them license, almost secretly, to ask for things they personally desire. But if we stay true to Jesus, we would only ask for the things of a higher desire. And they would only be seen from God's perspective and in love. St. Augustine said, love God and do as you please. Love God and do as you please. Oh, wow, some people would say, do as I please. But, oh, but love only does what love is. If we truly love God, we will never do anything outside of love. Friends, I don't know about each one of you, but I know I need a higher desire. Listen to our other text for this morning, words of Jesus. If anyone have become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life, they're going to lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and the gospels will gain it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Life. Love. A higher desire is to deny our self-interest as number one and take up our cross, not our physical death necessarily, but death to a selfish self and take on a life of sacrifice as we give life to others and that's when we'll find it. If we hoard it, We'll lose it. To gain worldliness is to lose true life. Gaining worldliness is not God's desire. Otherwise, he would have sent his son to get rich and to be popular. 
didn't happen. No, a higher desire led Jesus to sacrifice his very life in love. This poem has some older English, but if you listen, you'll catch the crux of it. Of an old dreamer, of old, a dreamer strove to mend the mad world's warp with his loving hands. And lo, as every dream doth end, so ended his with lash and brands. The mad world sat and drank and diced. And as a dreamer hath no friend, he hung alone above the lands, and dreaming died, his name was Christ. Christ dreamed above the lands. His was a higher desire. Seeking a higher desire. If we are to follow Christ and bear fruit, our mission will be to be faithful in our lives in the love of a higher desire. See if you can catch the close connection between what I've been trying to say in this prayer of the Carmelite priest and mystic, St. John of the Cross, who lived back in the 16th century. I did not know you, my Lord, because I desired to know and delight in things. Well and good, if all things change, Lord God, provided we are rooted in you. If I go everywhere with you, my God, everywhere things will happen as I desire for your sake. Desiring things for God's sake, that's a higher desire. But just because we gain a higher desire doesn't mean we won't have desires of our own, because we will. We always will have our own desires to struggle with. These winter Sundays, we've been getting back to bases, back to basics, needs versus wants. The sermon themes we've dealt with have led us to ask, what's wrong with wanting more? Michael offered asking the right questions, dealing with desire, and last week when less is more, and today seeking a higher desire. As we are more and more open to the great love life, the love of Christ, and the love of the universe, we will more and more be in the process of making God's desires our own. And so I want to close with a wonderful anonymous piece it's called, Nothing I Wanted and Everything I Needed. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I was asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power, that I might have the praise of others. I was given weakness, that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things, that I might enjoy life. I was given life, that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything that I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my prayers were answered. I, among all, am most richly blessed. May we be so blessed as we attach our lives to a higher desire, 
all in the name of Jesus Christ, which is, in the ultimate sense, the way of love. The way of love. Let us now rise in body or spirit as we affirm our faith with these words printed in our bulletin. We believe in the church of Jesus Christ, the church of the warm heart, of the open mind, of the adventurous spirit. We believe in the church that cares, that heals hurt lives, that comforts old people, that challenges the youth, that knows no divisions of culture or class or race, no frontiers, geographical or social, a church that looks forward as well as backward. We believe in the church of the people, high as the ideals of Jesus, low as the humblest human, a working church, a worshiping church, a church that interprets the truth in terms of truth, that inspires courage for this life, and hope for the life to come, a church of the living God.